In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. We've heard two sets of wonderful readings today from the Holy Scripture. One for the glorious event of the, the baptisms that we have just celebrated, of bringing in two little souls to Christ, that they have been snatched from the wiles of the evil one as we heard in the prayers, and that they may be raised up in the new man, in Christ Jesus. And so, we've also heard this second gospel, and that's the one I want to focus on for this this homily. And it's about that very man, the God-man, performing a miracle, one that is so astonishing, yet so subtle by our Lord. It's accounted for in every single one of the Gospels. All four mention it. It takes a a critical space in the Gospel narratives. The actions of our Lord. The feeding of the 5,000 with loaves, five loaves, and two fish. We can skip over it very easily, but let us stop and think about What has just taken place? Our Lord has heard just now of the death of his beloved Baptist, St. John the Forerunner, who stands there next to him, pointing the way even on our iconostasis right here. He has just heard of his death, and he goes into a deserted place to be alone. He goes to have a retreat. But the crowds will not let him have that retreat. They follow him even across the lake that he has gone on and into that deserted place, and the crowds have arrived there. And our Lord, even in his uh, respite, even when he is seeking that, he takes care. We hear in the gospel that he healed the sick and that he also taught them. And this crowd needs to be taken care of. They've forgotten of their, or paid no mind to, what their earthly provisions might be necessary to go out into the desert away from the towns. And in the other Gospels, it becomes clear that the disciples are concerned. Not in the concern of like, that we have now this problem to take care of, but of this concern for their well-being, for the crowd's well-being. And our Lord prompts the disciples to try and take care of them. He prompts them to figure out a way for the crowd to be fed so that they won't be famished. Not only will they be healed of their diseases and hear the teaching of Christ, but he even cares about for their hurting bellies for dinner time. But the disciples come up short. In one gospel, uh, the disciples talk about not having enough money. Even if they were to go into town and fetch some foods and bring it back, it would still be a meager little supply. And in the gospel of St. John, We hear of the meager little supplies that the apostles actually had on hand, or that was in front of them. Five, not just loaves of bread, but St. John is specific. He says, barley loaves and two fish. And for us, we may not catch this, but it's very important for what I want to bring out today. Barley loaves were the bread of the poor. It was the cheapest grain that you could purchase. So it wasn't worth much. 
It was the cheapest loaves of bread that they could possibly have, and fish perhaps caught from the sea that they had just crossed. So when the disciples are talking about maybe we need to send them away, their concern is a caring act. Send them away so that their bellies don't hurt. They have seen you, Lord, in this deserted place. Send them to where it's populated. St. Cyril of Alexandria says of the disciples that it's because they had a love for the crowds, as though they already had an understanding of the pastoral care that would be given to them in the future, as the apostles and missionaries. And they began to care for the people then, in this account. So these loaves of peasant food, the barley that St. John the Evangelist talks about, the cheap grain and the poor, uh, for the poor, is given to Christ. They're offered up by the disciples saying, this is all we have. And our Lord is very simple. He says, bring them here to me. Christ then multiplies that very meager, small offering. Five loaves for 5,000 men, not including the women and children that were accompanying them. And then the disciples go about distributing those five loaves and two fish to that over 5,000 people. We are not told, the gospel passes over in all of its accounts, how this miracle takes place. And I think this is actually, by an omission from the gospel writers, the, one of the most important parts of it. We don't know how the miracle worked at all. All we know is that Christ lifted them up, lifted his eyes to heaven, gave thanks to the Father, broke the bread, and said, now feed them. I'm inserting that last part. They go about feeding them. We have no idea how this happened. Did they dip into their baskets where these loaves were and just keep breaking out chunks and it just never ended? Were there suddenly feeding of everybody? And I think what is important here is that this is how our Lord works. We don't know how he will multiply what we offer him. We don't know exactly how he will work a miracle in our lives, a miracle of renewal and of unending providence. All that we have and that our Lord is teaching us is by his own actions. That even when we think we want a little retreat and we have nothing left really, five loaves and two fish probably wouldn't have even sustained a quarter of the disciples themselves of the twelve. And yet our Lord offers, gives thanks, gives thanks to God the Father, and it increases by his mighty hand. And not only does it increase and feed all of them and say that they were satisfied, they were filled, the gospel writers use some different words, but that they have more than enough. Twelve basketfuls are left over. Many of the fathers comment it's twelve baskets for twelve apostles. Each one of them had their own basket, now being reminded of the miracle and of that care for the people that was going to be entrusted to them when our Lord ascended into heaven. Each one of them now will have be reminded of this very strong spiritual principle, a principle of trust and of faith, especially when things seem uncomfortable and impossible. Imagine the crowds with their 
bellies starting to ache, the disciples having a concern for them, and coming up with no means to take care of them, of the ones that they had come to love. And the crowds, too, they're consumed in their desire for the Lord, and so they don't pay attention to their provision. They overcame their own bodily hunger, their own limitations to stay with the Lord. And our Lord recognizes that desire on both the apostles and of the crowd to know him, to learn from him. And those two things are coupled together. They demonstrate for us what our Lord is trying to teach us by preserving this miracle with the gospel writers. Make an offering no matter what that offering is. It could be like these barley loaves, just the simplest thing that everyone can afford to buy, everyone can have, everyone is possibly given. And even in that simple little offering, that lifting up in thanksgiving, Thanksgiving itself, that virtue above all virtues that enables the Christian life becomes the multiplier because our Lord honors that. This is what he's teaching us. When we have thanksgiving and we trust and have faith in him, we will be taken care of no matter what. And in those things that we can offer, he will use them no matter what it is. So we come to this awe-inspiring miracle, one that perhaps is a little subtle if we just are quickly scanning and reading. Okay, so people were fed. It's not like the hand that was formed or eyes that were made anew. People were fed. A very simple miracle, but one that we come as awe-inspiring and really takes a center in our orthodox spiritual life, so much so that every time there is a great feast, the church is enabled to be reminded of this very miracle in the service of our Tuglesia that we serve on great feasts when the pre five loaves are offered. And the priest comes out and at a certain point he takes up this very miracle with a hymn where he sings, rich men have turned poor and gone hungry, but they that seek the Lord shall never be deprived of any good thing. And the priest himself breaks the bread and we are reminded of the providence of God in this miracle. Reminded every time there's a great feast, it's a possibility that we can be reminded. So this is the core spiritual principle of spiritual growth that we are given. We desire to know Christ, so then we must take steps to trust him. We follow him into the deserted places. He teaches us, we give thanks to him for the common, the ordinary, and sometimes insufficient goods that we may think we have, we give those to him. Our simple peasant's bread, we could say. We take, and he takes that faith in and our trust in him. And we offer them to him and he multiplies them. We let him take care of the rest of everything. This is the faith that is applied in the crowds. This is the faith that the disciples are being brought to and that we're brought to today. To have that simple kind of trust and faith to offer those little things. Begin somewhere with your barley loaves that you may have. And he will return them in a miraculous way. You might not know how that may happen. To this day, we don't know how this miracle happened other than by the power of the Lord. 
we don't know its inner workings. But God in his providence, whenever we give an offering, whether as it is today, the offering of our children to him, this is one of the acts of baptism. A parent chooses a godparent, and they are offered to God and given Christ in the baptismal waters and given Christ in the body and blood that these two, Philip and Serafina, will now take part of. What a miracle. We don't know how any of this works. And we shouldn't investigate it. We should take it on simple trust and faith and follow the principle of offering. And he will bless and multiply. So my brothers and sisters, let us pray that we gain this kind of virtue. Trust, faith, thanksgiving. This is what our Lord is giving to us today and the virtue that establishes us in Him. So let us pray for that, my brothers and sisters. O Lord and Creator Jesus Christ, who fed the 5,000 men and women and children with them in the desert by multiplying the five loaves and the two fish, take our own meager offerings into Thy good and loving hand. Multiply them into the whole of the world by the miracle of your providence. We know that we have, what we have is never sufficient even for ourselves. Yet we know that thy hands will make our offering more than enough for all who desire. For no one who follows thee even into the deserted places is left hungry, but is filled by and with thee. And may what we do and have and offer in thanksgiving to thee, however small it is, be multiplied as we give to those in need. And help us to come to know this truth even more daily that the virtues of faith, love, and thanksgiving may grow even to the feeding of others by thy divine and perfect love for mankind. Amen.